UPN Tuesday. It's Buffy the Guidance Counselor. And a spanking new Hellmouth High. Can I give detention? You know, kids drop in, talk about whatever comes up. See, this is why I don't want you talking to my friends. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Bring the wife and kitties. Come see the show. Welcome to Miss Edith, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes, Meet Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago, and this week's episode is Season 7, Episode 2, Beneath You. We'll be talking about plot, we'll be talking about characters, and we'll be talking about redemption. So, spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before, after, the comics, and probably other shows and movies. What you need is a podcast. Fortunately, you've got Beat Me. I did it. Happy for you. Welcome back. Oh my gosh. Welcome back. Uh, my name is Kelly and I'm here to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer with my wonderful co-host Stacia. Say hello. Hello. And my other co-host Daniel. Say hello. Beat me's where I go to get my scorning on. <laughs> yeah. Get your scorn on. Uh, get your scorn on with us to talk about Beneath You, which originally aired on October 1st of the year 2002. Written by Doug Petrie, 14 of 17 for him. Last was two to go. And next will be Bring on the Night, episode 10 of this year. Directed by Nick Mark. This is the penultimate episode for him. Six of seven. The last was Double Meat Palace. And the next and last will be Conversations with Dead People, which is episode seven. We have top loaded this season because we're going to get Selfless in a couple. And then we're going to get Conversations with Dead People. And then nothing. That's what season six did as well. Yeah, it did. It did kind of bring the heat early on. Uh, hey, I have a very important question for Stacia. Can you tell me what happened this episode? You want me to read the plot? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, yeah, I would love to. Um, <clears throat> Wir beginnen mit einer kurzen Sina aus Lola Rent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Oh, no. I'm allergic <laughs> to gerbid. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Frankfurt, Germany, replete with German techno soundtrack, we follow another young girl running for her life. Our Franca Potente, or possibly alias years Jennifer Gardner, cosplay cosplayer, is being chased by the same robed guys as their last victim in Istanbul. And her story ends with the same tragic way, stabbed to death. Before she dies, or possibly after, she turns to the camera and says, from beneath you, it devours. We hear a scream and cut to Buffy in bed being woken up by Dawn. It seems Buffy was getting her German girl's last moment streamed into her nightmares. She repeats, from beneath you, it devours, and then tells Dawn that there are more girls out there like her and that they're all going to die. Very chill. Cut to some suburban neighborhood in Sunnydale. We presume we hear a loud rumble and then Tremor-style trail cuts through the grass and asphalt. Me thinks there might be a giant worm under this here earth. Methinks there might be a giant worm under this here earth. How am I supposed to know I should say it like that if you don't cue me? <laughs> I should make little uh, things, put like little brackets and say, Stacia, say it like... As a cowboy. You <laughs> yeah. You have to. You got to write it like a, like a script. An actual script. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Note taken. <laughs> In the Sunnydale High basement, that is brand new, but somehow already covered with grime leaking and stuffed with old I furniture. I know. I had the same thought. Crazy Spike is trying to catch a rat for lunch. 
Suddenly everything starts to shake. The rat gets away and Spike gets a headache. Xander drives Buffy and Dawn to school. Well, Dawn is school and Buffy to quote-unquote work because she's a counselor, not counselor at Sunnydale High now, remember? Dawn says she's super excited about having Buffy around all day without a hint of sarcasm, but then is preemptively mortified at the idea of Buffy talking to any of her friends. Being a teenager is complicated. We reminisce about the good old days and take a moment to mention that Xander is, once again, a dateless loser, even though during the last six years he's been in relationships way more than he's been single. That's fact. Well, a yeah. relationship, really. No, he was with Cordelia, too, for, like, almost a year. Yeah, it doesn't really count. Well, I'm just saying, he was with Anya for, like, two and a half years, and he was with Cordelia for a year. We've only been doing this for six years. Come on! Yeah, Buffy's been single more than he has. Right? True. True. <laughs> Instead, the SHS admin offices, the probably not evil Principal Wood, gives Buffy the rundown on her new, still unnamed, position. Buffy's job is to listen, but not evaluate. Have the kids open up? but don't be their friend. She was picked for this role because she understands the students, but students only understand being abused by Turkish prison torture weapons. It all makes sense now. In Westbury, England, it's time for Willow to go back to Sunnydale and leave cool new Giles behind. Willow is nervous to go back and face her friends, and Giles pitches a great idea for a spinoff show telling her that they could stay in England another two years training, practicing, and honing her powers. Yeah, let's do that! But apparently none of that stuff would actually fix her friendships back in Sunnydale, so she's got to be brave and get the hell out of this beautiful sanctuary. Because, quote, she may not be wa- she may not be wanted back in Sunnydale, but she will be needed. Jeez, everyone's always with the duty and responsibility on this show. At night in Sunnydale, a lady walks a Yorkie named Rocky down a sidewalk. I thought Rocky was the boyfriend. It's Ronnie. Ronnie. Oh. Did you watch the episode? <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously? <laughs> Off screen, the ground breaks open. I'm a professional. And Rocky is sucked down into a hole, dragging the currently unnamed woman with him via the dog leash. R.I.P. Rocky. She lets go of the leash and runs from the tremor trail straight into Xander, who was out here on this sidewalk for reasons. Oh my god, it's so long. In Buffy's living room, the stranger woman is debriefed by the downsized Scooby gang. Hey, Nancy! Her name is Nancy. Spike appears in the living room as if from nowhere without anyone noticing. He cut his hair, bleached his roots, and put on a tight blue shirt, so now we know he's not crazy anymore. He tells her something's brewing and it's so big, ugly, and damned, it makes you and me look like little itty-bitty puzzle pieces. He wants to help, and Buffy takes him up on his offer. Xander reminds Buffy that Spike tried to rape her, you know, in case she forgot, and Dawn threatens to burn Spike alive if he hurts Buffy again. <laughs> Gotta love that sister relationship, you know? I mean, that was fantastic. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, Buffy and Spike go investigate the dog murder scene, but don't find any clues. Uh, they found slime. Oh, yes, sorry. This is slime in, what did you say, like, uh, disturbed earth or something like that? Mm-hmm. We bring up, but don't really talk about the whole attempted rape thing, but that counts, right? Now we can forget about it and move on. Xander and Nancy arrive at her place. They flirt a little before one of those tremor trail earthquakes happens, and they smartly run up the stairs to evade whatever it is. The not a graboid. Graboid. Graboid, exactly. The not not a graboid bursts through the ground and screams at them before flailing around and ducking back into the earth. Nancy says that her ex-boyfriend Ronnie would, quote, love this. Though I don't know what about this situation he would love, even if he was an abusive bastard. Maybe he had a thing for giant worms? She asked Xander, you know the feeling when your ex is constantly ruining every part of your life and it just doesn't stop? And gallingly, he says yes, implying that somehow Anya is constantly ruining his life. Very cool. <laughs> she goes on to say, all you can do is just wish that it would stop. And we all know one does not simply wish for things here in Sunnydale. 
cut to Anya at the bronze, waiting, baiting a potential scorned woman customer into making a vengeance wish, only to be interrupted by Xander, Nancy, Spike, and Buffy. Anya confesses that she's turned Ronnie into a slugoth demon, and we all talk about the increasingly incestuous status of our Scooby gang. Spike tells Anya to reverse the spell, but he makes too much eye contact with her or something because she's able to figure out he has a soul. That's where the soul is right in traditionally the keep it right in the kept. Yeah. Oh God. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's almost done. Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> Spike punches Anya before she's able to spill the soul beans, knocking her to the ground. They both put on their demony game faces, ready to brawl. But Buffy steps in to fight Spike instead. But then their fight gets interrupted by Xander. No one is allowed to fight in this episode. Xander tells Bobby that Nancy ran away. That was improv. That was beautiful. I guess she didn't want to stick around to watch a woman get the shit knocked out of her by some dude. Weird. Outside the bronze, well, what should be outside the bronze, but is actually Maple Court, Nancy's walking down the middle of the street when there's suddenly a tremor heading straight for her. What are you talking about? You know that the bronze is one street away from the good part of Sunnydale. Oh, yeah, that is true. Cordelia does make And the joke. docks. I mean, we've proved that right here. <laughs> They're just merely a street away from each other. She does a mini parkour move up to a ladder for safety, but the ladder comes away from the wall it was anchored to, and she dangles precariously over the wormhole. But it's all going to be okay because Buffy is running across rooftops to get to her, her usual mode of transportation. I just, like, <laughs> lost my mind. I rewound that so much. Oh, my God. Oh, Spike's running across the roofs, too. Is roofs the right plural? Is it roofs? Like hooves? <laughs> <laughs> back back of the bronze, Xander is trying a non-fist fight tactic to get Anya to reverse the spell. Asking. She tells him that none of this would have happened if Xander hadn't left her at the altar, and Xander's all like, oh my god, are you still not over that? <laughs> if you thought the impromptu Spike and Buffy rooftop parkour was the highlight of this episode, you'd be wrong. Nancy's the damsel still clinging to the increasingly unstable alley ladder while Buffy swings into frame. Tarzan style on a rope. Power line? Convenient bungee cable. She snatches Nancy off the ladder and swings the bolt, quote unquote, safety on the ground so where the worm lives. Didn't we just do all of this bananas rooftop stuff to stay off the ground? <laughs> in a totally shocking moment that no one could have anticipated, the worm bursts through the alley in front of them. It's okay though because Spike is here now. He grabs a metal rod thing from the side of a building and goes to spear the worm, but in the very slow blink of an eye, <laughs> sleepy. <laughs> The worm transforms into a naked dude. Spike yells in pain because he stabbed a human and he can't do that. But then after a beat, he makes a face that says, uh-oh, me thinks perhaps me chip is on the fritz. Yeah. Does he? <laughs> I mean, that, I, that's how I read it. <laughs> okay. We can discuss it. Yeah. No, uh, I agree. I yeah. so. Buffy uses her cell phone to call an ambulance. Is that how I was supposed to say it? I think so. I mean, like, I was just excited. Buffy uses her cell phone. Buffy uses her cell phone to call an oh, ambulance. Buffy uses her cell phone. I think the exclamation should, should have been be after. There. Yeah, cell you're phone. right. Oh, God. Yeah. To call an ambulance, while well, a totally not crazy Spike spirals out for a while and makes everyone uncomfortable, he ends his performance with the show's new catchphrase from Beneath You It devours. That sounds like the tagline of a horror movie called, like, The Descent. There is a movie called The Descent. I know. That's why I said it. Oh, nice. Anyways, Anya and Xander are here now. Seems that Anya reversed the spell after all, thus the worm turned Ronnie. Thus the worm turned Ronnie. Thus the worm turned into Ronnie? Yeah. Okay. Buffy tells them to wait for the ambulance and runs after Spike. Anya says some ominous stuff about things getting worse. Buffy finds a church with its lights on and a graveyard that we've definitely never seen before. 
You know, considering how many graveyards we've seen, nary a church. I know, right? This is that's why yeah. it stood out so much. Or it's like, just the ones that are underground. <laughs> we have been in a church in the body swapping episode, in the second one, and who are you? Mm-hmm. Riley goes, but it's like yeah. that is not this one. Not mm-hmm. even by a long shot. Uh, Spike's still crazy, but now he's shirtless. He says some incoherent stuff, including upsetting lines about erections and servicing Buffy. He manages to say enough in his rambling to reveal to Buffy that he's got a soul back. He paces and says some more confusing, sad things to her before draping himself over a giant cross at the back of the church. His skin sizzles as he asks Buffy, can we rest now? Fade to black. Not fade to cut can to I black. Can I rest now? Yes, you can rest now. Excellent job. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. I know it's long. It's never not going to be this long, so just get used to it. I know. Sunnydale, come for the food. Stay for the dismemberment. There's good food. All right. Thank you so much for reading the plot. Now we know what happened in this episode. I feel better about everything. Enough to tell you some fun facts, mayhaps, about this episode. Yeah, you ready? Okay, great. Couple of firsts. First time we hear from beneath you, it devours, which we will hear again multiple times. We already heard it a bunch in this episode. Definitely won't get old. And the first time in a long time, Buffy has had a prophetic slash remarkably, remarkably insightful and relevant dream. Stacey even pointed that out while we were watching the episode. Like, holy shit, we haven't done this in forever. And I was like, you're correct. Although, I would wonder if you would count Daniel, the Buffy versus Dracula stuff, because he does kind of show up in her dreams a little bit. But that's more that's of her true. being under the thrall. And then also yeah. we have the sheer dream and graduation day with Faith, who gives away how to oh, uh, that Dawn yeah. is coming and how to stop the mayor. And then we also have in, in Restless, Tara Restless, uh, yeah. lays out Dawn is coming and all the yeah. first Slayer stuff. So we haven't not been doing it, but we were explicitly doing it in the first season. Like mm-hmm. She's having these dreams, almost like a vision, like Cordelia style, mm-hmm. and that's how we know who we're going to fight, kind of. Well, um, I, f- I found it weird just for, for Spike to be like reminding right. everybody that they have prophetic dreams because we don't do it. So it's yeah. like, you know, Slayers, you know, they always have prophetic dreams. Cause now because you forgot. We never forgot. brought it up before. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. forgot. Let's remind everyone via Spike, for sure. Yes. Sneaky. I mean, um, someone's got to do it. So, sneaky German techno, the lyrics to the song at the beginning of the episode are, you want to read that? <laughs> I want you to read that. Von der Tiefer, Verschlechten S. Something like that. Perfect. Which is a rough translation of the phrase, from the depth it oh. devours. Sneaky, sneaky German. <laughs> Robin Wood just wants to beat children. As Buffy said, a bastinada, or bastinado, is a word, wooden torture device used for the beating of feet. A bastinado is considered to be extremely painful and has long been used in interrogation and torture activities as a means to elicit information from the victim. Unlike other torture, though, what that was a redundant thing to say. Anyway, finally, do you want to read? This? Do you want to read this? It's so long. Nancy and Ronnie. <laughs> That's so long. <laughs> Fair enough. The characters from this episode, Nancy and our damsel and Ronnie the Worm, uh, were supposedly Nancy and Ronnie, like Ronald Reagan and Nancy, are supposedly a reference to former no, President Reagan on. and his wife, and or possibly a reference to the characters Nancy and Sluggo from the comic strip Nancy, uh, a comic that started in 1938 clearly. and is still being published today, Whoa. kinda. No shit. Here you go. The comic is about a precocious eight-year-old girl and her best friend Sluggo, a boy from the wrong side of the tracks. The character of Nancy was first introduced on January 2nd, 1933 in the comic strip Fritzy Ritz, which began its run in 1922. It was a comic about a flapper, Fritzy, and her Nancy was added later as her niece. In 1949, Ernie Bushmiller, the cartoonist making the comic at the time, said he originally tended Nancy to be just an incidental character. I planned to keep it for about a week and then dump her, but the little Dickens was soon stealing the show. Nancy eventually became the focus of the daily strip, and the name of the comic was changed from Fritzy Ritz 
to Nancy in 1938, though Fritzy Ritz continued as a Sunday feature until 1968. At its peak in the 1970s, Nancy ran for more than 800... Sorry. At its peak in 1970s, Nancy ran in more than 880 newspapers. The comic has changed artists and writers only a couple of times in its entire run and is now written by Olivia James. There seems to still be a new strip out almost daily, and you can find them on gocomics.com. Also, there was a character in the comic named Spike. He was a bully that beat up Sluggo. So there you go. We've got Nancy and Sluggo, the Slugoth demon, and Spike. And we also have Nancy and Ronnie, Ronnie Reagan. So, now you know about Nancy. What did you know about Nancy before this? You didn't know anything about the Nancy the comic. You didn't know it existed. I didn't know it existed. I knew it existed. I'm sorry, what? You know about Nancy? Yeah, I know about Nancy. How do you know about Nancy? It's a comic. Okay. I don't this is a you. Sunday paper. I used to you, read the you comics. You saw it in the paper? Yeah. That's awesome. Is it? Well, because this was <laughs> news to awesome? me. It's awesome. Okay. I mean, it's awesome now in the context of us doing this, but it wasn't awesome for her probably when she was seven. It wasn't a very good comic. Oh, it doesn't. No, it's not. I, I it's think not. the panels I've ever read. Yeah. I mean, and then I was like, wow, are any of these Sunday comics good? Maybe yeah. Yeah. Pearls Before Swine is cute. Zitz is cute. Um... What other What's ones? The barbarian like? one. He's like, old yeah, Conan the barbarian one is great. Not Conan. It's <laughs> oh, 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 I do know. They're like fat Vikingy dudes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hanar, the bar- no, Han- I don't know. Hagar, Ragnar? Hargar, Hagar. something like oh, that. Oh, it is. It's Hagar or whatever. Yeah. yeah you guys ever right. heard of Garfield? It's pretty. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> ever heard of him? Ever heard of a little thing called Family Circus? Yeah, ma- right. That was well, the mayor's. I don't think anybody really likes Family Circus though. Oh, what's uh, Trick say? Uh, I always love Marmaduke. He does Who's whatever he wants. That's my kind of dog. <laughs> 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 anyway, gotta love Trick. So, back to business. Stacia, tell me what you thought about the episode. Um, I hate Nancy, and I want her out of our friend group. Can I just show you a little spoiler? Please. <laughs> uh, Daniel, was that it? I'm sorry, you hate Nancy. You want to write a friend group? Anything else? Any other? It ruined the entire episode. Wow! I just I kept being like, who? I started this. I started this episode apparently with a lack of concentration and also just general irritation because when the theme song started playing, I was like, oh, I'm Willen Rosenberg. <laughs> Willen. <laughs> I don't know why I just saw her face and I was just like, fuck you, Willow. I believe her exact quote was, stupid Willow, or Willow, your stupid face. <laughs> I like, okay. Yeah, I saw her stupid face. Okay. I like Willow. I don't know what, I don't know what's going on with me, but I was like not having it tonight. And Nancy quickly became the one with the stupid face, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't get any of my plot jokes because you weren't watching the fucking episode. <laughs> I know. Daniel, what did you think about the episode? Uh, it was the longest previously on I've ever seen. <laughs> so I long. No, idea, no fucking clue and why, and I don't know why I watched it. Did there need to be any of that context? They told you everything you needed to know in the episode. That's especially damning since we have the previously on from The Gift, which shows uh, like a one second frame from every episode of the show up until that point. Well, like literally we have Nancy who doesn't know anything, so everyone has to explain everything to Nancy that was already explained in the previously on. Fuck Nancy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, real talk, like Nancy, I mean, I get why she was here. I'm not as vehemently against Nancy. Uh, That's my mom's name, so... (laughs) I'm going to give her a pass. But I know the scene when she walks away... From at the end, 
Yeah. And then motherfucking Buffy is jumping around like Ignacio Varga from Better Call Saul oh, so trying to you know so do some good. bullshit. Absolutely fucking awful. I mean, <laughs> I, it took me so far out of the episode. And I'll tell you, this episode is fucking great. The ending is ten times better than I thought it was. I loved it all. I loved it all except for that scene. And I'm like, let Nancy go. I wrote multiple times. <laughs> Nancy should just, just die. But I know we don't we go. don't quote unquote do that. So it's too bad because I would have left Ronnie to fucking die and I would have oh, left yeah. Nancy to fend for her fucking self. Yeah. Those were the two worst parts. But, you know, but it was fun, like, uh, as a tool to get us to Anya. Like, Anya mm-hmm. made Ronnie the worm a better v- villain because at first mm-hmm. I was like, this really sucks. Mm-hmm. How are we going to get to Spike on the cross? And then it all, you know, <laughs> they really did it well. I thought all of it was really good. I mean, Nancy, was she sucked, but you needed somebody like that to kind of thread that. You know, how do, how do you get everybody involved? And and it kind of sets up a lot of big stuff that's happening. So, you know, great episode. I thought it was a great episode. Uh, I was also just struck by the rooftop thing and then the, oh. the swinging, like, Spider-Man through the alley. I was just like, what show is this? I was trying I to think. I screamed. Yeah. <laughs> I just kept rewinding it. And I was like, have we, we've done a lot of cheesy action stuff, I feel like, but I don't know, man. This really really stood out <laughs> that fucking rooftop stuff it was how did she swing I just, I, how, from, yeah, and then like the, and then to the ground and my first reaction when they got up i was like jump uh, nancy get on top of a box anything this thing doesn't do anything and then when it did it was like oh of course ronnie's for once gonna pop up because he doesn't do that stuff the stairs took him out like just go upstairs <laughs> yeah. you just have to be five feet off the ground that's five feet off do. the ground you're good get on top of that crate girl like, she actually doing? seemed fine on that ladder. It held on for a lot longer. Like, I think she would have been okay. I don't know. I agree. But, I mean, we needed Buffy to swing through that alley, apparently. So, uh, so good. Uh, I thought the episode was not great, but the the, the ending is obviously fantastic. That's the, the last scene is, is one of the best in the show. So, it's you know, one of those things that it doesn't deserve to be as, as high, probably, as it's going to be, um, in my opinion. But the, the end saves it a little bit. So, uh, we will definitely talk about that. You tried to rape me. I don't have the words. Neither do I. I can't say sorry. I can't use forgive me. All I can say is, Buffy, I've changed. I believe you. Well, that's something. I just don't know what you've changed into. So, more questions. I always have questions. Crazy, crazy broken wannabe helpful mr attempted rape let's talk about spike because this episode is kind of all about spike uh i mean i it's all about nancy she's the most important thing that's ever happened to the show but i can't wait to see how she's healing next episode yeah we'll definitely see her again uh her and xander are gonna get married i hope (laughs) oh my god they had an immediate connection this woman has gone through a trauma and uh i just want to hit on her she looks like anya do you think so? This is my girl. Yeah, this is my don't girl. you? Eh, yeah, I don't see it. Yeah. Okay, They both eyes. have dark hair. I will give you that. <laughs> For the moment. I mean, Emma Coffee will be blonde again in no time. Don't worry. Uh, okay, so first things first. We have to deal with the whole rape thing. So Spike says, I can't say sorry, right? Uh, how do you feel about that, Stacia? Do you think that he can't say sorry? I mean, I... I I don't imagine he means literally, I can't say sorry, but what do you think about him not apologizing? I, um, oh, this is going to be tough. You didn't watch this episode, I forgot. 
I am struggling. I'm <laughs> struggling really hard. Uh, I didn't, I like when we saw the scene in my head, I was thinking that doesn't make any sense. So I have no thoughts on this. I don't understand what he means unless he was trying to say that sorry isn't good enough. So I'm not going to say it. But um, you could still say it. Yeah. I mean, I think that that was kind of obvious that his intent was to be like, sorry is not enough. But it's like, but you could still say it. I don't know. Daniel, did that make any sense to you? Uh, I mean, like, as um, if we're talking about like real people, y- yeah. I mean, an apology would go a long way. But I, at first, I was the same way. I was like, I was struck by like, okay, so you're not gonna say anything about it because you still want to be Mr. Big Bad Scary or whatever. Because right after he's like, and eh, we're not best friends anymore, so I'm not gonna divulge anything because I'm a little <laughs> bitch too. So I was like, okay, <laughs> that's fine. But you know, like this, it serviced itself all the way throughout. Like I was, I was genuinely blown away that like they. I thought they were never going to talk about it. I, mm-hmm. I thought they were never going to talk. Well, someone loudly on this show was like, they never fucking talk about this. Tara's never mentioned in the show ever. Again. Well, I know. Well, that's what I mean. So you, you definitely had me believe in that too. So it was like, wow, this really pivotal thing and they're never going to bring it up. And I think this, this episode is only as great as it is because it, it tackles it head on. And like, there are multiple moments, not only when they're fighting at the pool hall, but specifically at the end when he pops out when Buffy's all alone and he's shirtless and obviously they go, I hate the dialogue. I fucking hate get it hard and service her like oh, awful stuff, man. awful. Yeah. But, but it's like, okay, cool. If we're going to do it, I understand why you went there. And it makes the, that scene, especially at the end better. And obviously I think we're supposed to take away like, sorry, not enough. And here's this guy laying on a cross, but is he going to reform? I mean, at this point you don't know. He could still become a bad guy. I mean, yeah. we don't know. We don't know what's going on. So, um, but again, I'm just blown away that they even had it as a through line. Oh, I me too. We just forget all about it. The fact that we straight up like said the word rape twice. Mm-hmm. It was times, like because yeah. we could have easily used euphemisms or kind of like pulled the teeth out of it. But God, that word every time I hear that, I'm just like ah, fuck. Uh, so, and I think that's important because that's what you should be. That's what happened, man. That's what happened. So we kind of got to talk about it. Uh, so, Sasha, do you think he? is doing enough do you think maybe what the best thing he could have done was maybe stay away from Buffy or that he should be here and trying to make amends is he trying to make amends I don't don't know he's trying to what do you think he's trying to do I can smell the sunrise long before it comes entertain himself oh yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) I don't know Okay. I think well. as a viewer, you wouldn't really know. I, I mean, I kind of talk about that in Chips Ahoy. I'm like, I'm still a bit confused. I mean, just as a viewer, I don't remember how it all plays out. Well, he claims that he's not trying to get back with Buffy, right? Because like that's one of the things she calls him out for. It's like, did mm-hmm. you think you could come back here and we would just get back together? Uh, but he says no, that he's you know just trying to be useful. Like, I'm, I'm somebody who can help, so I'm here to help. Uh, do you think that... He's just trying to say that to get her to trust him again so that they can be together. Like, that's his end goal anyway. Or do you think he's actually being truly selfless and wants to just help? Daniel, what do you think? Mm. Uh, No, I don't think he's being truly selfless. I think even some of the dialogue betrays, I mean, the fact that he was even talking like, I did this for you. It's what you want. And I know it's like kind of an overarching concept but it's still a very selfish thing and that is what spike would believe i think if he was going to just pretend like he doesn't believe that um buffy would even know that there's something up so the fact that he like is even being honest about that is probably going to help him in the end with whatever he's going to be able to help buffy and them with because at least buffy can say that like this was fairly honest you know he wasn't just saying the stuff that I maybe wanted to hear because what I want to hear is stay the fuck away from me 
don't you know i don't want you to get your fucking soul are you kidding me mm. like she was mortified by him doing that and the fact so? that he was like i did this for you you wanted that and it's like kind of a dark like we've talked about that does she really want that yeah is that something that she might be drawn to or not or or what 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 but i don't know just just throwing it in her face like that is pretty fucked up and i don't know how you even come back from that and i think for spike it's like well beyond that now that he feels everything and is hearing everything and it's probably way more than just Buffy at this point. But he does confess that, I mean, that's why he did it. We know that's why he did it. We knew that's why he did it last season. Like, because I'm doing this for Buffy. That's what I'm going to do. So it does seem weird to me that he brings up, like, I'm just a guy who can help, so I want to help. And nothing to do with you, Buffy, at all, when that's clearly not true. So my only thought was, like, maybe he's doing this as a line uh, just to, like, yeah, I, I did just do this all for Buffy. But uh, she'll she'll want to hear that I'm Could doing be both. it for yeah. Could it be just like the I take the high road kind of breakup where you want to like prove to your ex that they made a mistake because look how much better you uh, are now. Oh, uh, yeah. Them? Yeah. I think that's totally part of it. I think you're right. That like I'm a good person. I mean, now. even when he showed mm-hmm. up I have my soul. at the end, he's saying like the costume didn't help, you know, right. it's so crazy. Like he, he went <laughs> super hot. And he went super like back to the tight, the tightest fitting thing you've seen in a long time. <laughs> the best looking hair in a long time. Yeah. yeah, looking good. He's looking good when he jumps off that pool, the pool table. Oh yeah, he does awesome. that cool like mm-hmm. kip up like, thing. Hot. Thing is yeah, like very, awesome very cool. shit. He's uh, he's looking better than ever, but it didn't matter. It did not matter. Do you think Buffy should be so quick to trust him with the slang? He shows up in her house as if from nowhere, as I mentioned. Uh, and then she immediately was like, yeah, okay, come on patrol with me. Do you think that that's weird, considering the last interaction they had? How do you show up at someone's house? He just appeared, as if from nowhere. They were having a Scooby meeting, and then he was there. He walked into the room. He did open the door. Yeah, he was not there the whole time. It's not like he was part of the no, Scooby. No, I know, but, like, how else do you get into a room? Oh, I see. Don't you just, like, appear as if from nowhere <laughs> by walking into the room? I would say... you were not there, and now you are. If you know there's a person in your house but not in the room that you're in, and then suddenly they're there, it's a different vibe than, this guy should not be here and is here suddenly, and now he is directly in front of me. Do you not think that that's different? No, okay. <laughs> People just show up places sometimes. Come on. <laughs> I forgot what I even fucking asked now. <laughs> Me too. Um, oh, yeah. Do you think Buffy should be so trusting of Spike so quickly? And you don't get to answer now, Daniel. <laughs> oh, <laughs> For derailing wow. the conversation. <laughs> enemies shit. close. Keep your enemies close. Have you ever heard of it? Ever heard so, of it? You think that's I think all that's it all is? it is, right? Uh, well, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, come on. Listen, do you want to take Spike or do you want to take Xander? Fair enough. Number one, I, not only is that better, because then what you're going to have Spike take this innocent woman home, yeah. who's going to okay, get attempted fair. raped? Come on, <laughs> also no. fair. You're gonna you're gonna keep Spike close. I don't know that there's any evidence that shows that Buffy trusts him, mm. and if anything, I think yeah, the keep your enemies close. She'd want Spike by her in case he did something shady. She could take care of it instead of. I just the, I think of the third option of it all, which is what Sandra said. Like we can just k- kick you out of here go the fuck away. No one wants you here, Spike. Um, but I think if you really are trying to fight a big-ass demon and you're scared of it because it, it moves through the earth like, no problem, it's bigger and stronger than something we've ever fought before or whatever, something like that, whatever she says. Uh, I mean, Spike's the muscle, man. Like, if you need help, he's also a super-powered person. But so. he also calls out the prophetic dream and he calls out the big bad Bruin. Like, he knows things that, uh, you know, Buffy, again, 
uh, is once again blindsided that people are like, hey, Buffy, you kind of suck as a person. And she's like, what? Of course I don't. And she keeps things from people. But Spike does seem mm-hmm. to always know what it is because he's in tune the same way that she's in tune. And I know that she is in. That's probably really what connected them to begin with. And so, I mean, it's super awkward for her that it's still there because he's like, oh, yeah, no, I know that something's going on. You know that I can help. And she's like, fuck, that's true. You know, I mean, I really can't lie to you and say you're not right because there is something happening. And he knows that. So, well, speaking about our withholding Slayer, um, just in, you know, in that same scene in the the summer's living room there, Dawn gets pissed at, at Buffy for not telling them about Spike being in the basement last week. Do you think that Buffy should have told them all immediately? forgot to mention it things were insane in the basement i saved your life we can discuss this later sure whatever you want right because that seems to be the only time you let us in buffy whenever you want i mean i think john's making two arguments there right because she also says uh buffy only lets people in on her terms and as daniel just pointed out mm-hmm. i think that's totally true that oh, yeah, you know, other than spike she doesn't let people in I mean, she did tara a little bit last season which was fucking adorable but for the most part that's still yeah, on her it's, terms it's, yeah. Oh, well, true. Yeah. Yeah. So fair enough. But yeah, do you, would it have mattered? Like, did she owe it to anyone to tell them Spike was there? Do you think it made sense to like protect them in a way? I mean, that's kind of what Buffy tends to justify her actions with, right? It's like, I'm protecting you. You don't need to know this thing. You might get hurt or whatever. So is Dawn right to be mad? I mean, she's allowed to have her feelings, I guess, either way. But I mean, I was trying to think about it. Like if I was part of Buffy's friend group or like if, you know, in a friend group, some one of them left and then came back and I wasn't told about it if I would be upset. And I don't, I don't know because like, what, what does it matter? What would you have done, Don? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And like clearly yeah. Buffy, it's been like one day or something. I guess it's been a week. Yeah. But like they had that like traumatic school thing. Clearly that took precedence. Things were insane in the basement. I saved your life. Exactly. <laughs> and then you go home and she's like, did I even see Spike or was I hallucinating? Yeah, was she did. That yeah, a ghost? A yeah. And when she goes back down to see, to find him again in the basement, he's not there. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you think Don was right to be upset, Daniel, or should she just shut her up? Shut up I mean, this? we've talked about it so often that I think, again, we've proven time and time again that even if you told Don and them that Spike was in the basement, he might have been a mirage. I don't know. I don't really want to go into it. It would all stop right there because what what is Don going to do? What is Xander going to do? Right. But they won't be blindsided. They'll they'll mm-hmm. fall in line a little bit easier when you need them to do what you need them to do. And she has withheld from the beginning of the series. Yeah. So and just it's fine. And you can just own it. But she's like, oh, how dare you? Don, I would never. What are you talking about? I'm just protecting you. <laughs> Things and were insane like, in the basement. Oh my God, bro. <laughs> was, get out. I know. The dialogue the, was really weird in that scene, man. I don't know. Not I great. took that line specifically because I was like, that's the weirdest line I've ever heard. Like yeah. the delivery was bizarre. The whole sentence structure, it was just felt weird. Yeah. Her saying it felt weird. It felt like just the wrong thing to say it was great i will say for xander's sake that he did seem really supportive in that that moment because when don was like you never tell us anything he was like but you know we'll do whatever you need on your terms and that's what don you know took turned that around like because it's always on your terms so i was you know cool tiny little point for xander because he doesn't get many so i'm going to give him that one and then he fucks it up later in the episode but he has a tiny point for now so spike says some pretty disgusting stuff in this episode um ranting erections stuff notwithstanding he after they fight when they're fighting the bronze he's um 
Buffy, you know, Buffy's beating him up, and he says, first, con- first contact after you know when, up for another round on the balcony, which is horrible. Uh, do you think, Stacia, that he's just reacting to the Anya situation? Like, he doesn't want the soul fact to get out, so he's overcompensating? Mm-hmm. Or do you think that this is a way to hurt Buffy? Like, he really wants to hurt her because, she, like, maybe because he doesn't think that she's going to give him a chance again, so fuck it, let's just go all in and be the bad guy? Um, I think it's the Anya thing. He's feeling a little shaken, like a little naked, a little seen when he wasn't expecting it. And then also, like, I think there's a moment where he feels like Buffy is judging him. So he's like, well, I'll just be what you think I am then. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, and that's kind of what he says, right? Like, you're. he says, you were right. Yeah. I haven't changed. Yeah. 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 Daniel, do you think it's more than just protecting himself from Anya? Do you think he also wants to hurt her? Mm, I mean, maybe deep down he always will want to hurt her because she is a slayer. So I think that's always going to be the tension. But no, he's definitely doing it just to just to hurt her, just because they already brought it up. They already talked about it. He knows it'll be the thing that'll dig into her skin. And and the vamp face, too, is very mm-hmm. intentional. Like, mm-hmm. you know, putting it on. It's almost like a show. So. Yeah. I feel like the prosthetics are a little bit different this season. It looks cool. looks good. I like yeah, it. Looks it looks great. What do you think about Spike's, in my opinion, highly suspect, lucidity, selective lucidity? Daniel, while we were watching this episode, say she even pointed out, like, how is he just turning on and off the crazy? Do you think that this is an act somehow? Do you think that it is just, like, weird breakthroughs here and there? I don't know. It struck struck me strangely. I was trying to – I was trying – I thought of that, too, because it's like it does come and go. And I was wondering if, like, you know – there's shows that talk about like the tether or the key or the thread or whatever you sort of hold on to it and i want i was trying to read into it like is there something that's bringing him back to reality is it buffy because that's what i'm sure the show would want you to think you know if they're like talking about them then they're more grounded but then a lot of the stuff he says is like he's being instructed by the first the first or whoever you know to be like you know get get hard man get hard (laughs) and it's like well that's weird this is strange like what's happening so i I, I couldn't tell. I mean, I really couldn't tell. And that's why I think as a viewer, you would um, question that um, and you would sort of see. Because, again, Spike could also be like a totally compromised individual. He could absolutely not have a soul and could just be the first incarnate. And this is all a fake act. And Spike is chained up somewhere. He's the body of Spike is being used by whoever. You know, there's a million things that could be happening. But I think it's a fair read because it's, it's weird. It's weird that it just starts out of nowhere. And Why? Mm-hmm. The show doesn't really tell us, so that's an excellent point. I never thought about the first could just be Spike. Like, I don't know if we do that. I don't think that the first pretends to be Spike at any point in the in the season, and that's a missed opportunity. If not, but that's just me not. It would so it would take away from the remember. ending a whole bunch, though. I mean, it would. It's oh yeah, totally really cool. It's just like, a fun thought experiment. Yeah, and if but if it was like the first doing it, like wow, what a read on Spike the character. Like you really learned a whole lot about Spike and Buffy. He must talk about Buffy. All the fucking time if he's oh, chained in some basement and right. you are you're like impersonating him because you're doing a bang up job. So, <laughs> uh, Stacia, do you have anything to say about what I said and I already forgot? Oh, his his uh, selective lucidity. I mean, it feels weird in this episode and not supernatural, not very natural, <laughs> not, <laughs> not supernatural, not supernatural, but not super space natural. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I think I would assume that with people that actually like experience like dissociation episodes or whatever, that it would kind of like come on 
and be like triggered and that you'd have moments where you're lucid and moments where you're not. And so mm-hmm. I don't know if it would be completely unbelievable that he would get it together enough to like fix his hair and seem normal and then you know something traumatic happens like he kills a human and his soul is suddenly like um dude we don't do that anymore (laughs) that it would sort of fracture your like fragile state of mind yeah that's i mean i think that that's reasonable i guess the thing that threw me most was not even him like doing his blue shirt and having his costume whatever i think that could be fine and then it's something would snap you out of it right like mm-hmm. bring it all tumbling down i think that all played well the part that confused me was actually in the church when she's like you're crazy or whatever I was like yeah haven't you been paying attention like yeah. that self-awareness of the fact that you're crazy seems a little weird but i don't know maybe that happens too i don't know well, that's also like the first, though, right? I mean, like, but it isn't is has the I see. I guess I'm confused. I just don't know. Like the because in my head, it's like I almost feel like the first is like making all of this happen. So like right now, mm. for some reason, I I assume the first is juggling a bunch of balls in the air, and now it's time for Spike. It's like oh shit, Spike's in front of the Slayer. I gotta I gotta bring my A game here, and I gotta bring out all the other people so that I can get him to do what I want. But like when he's when the first is like, oh, I got to go over to this guy, then Spike gets a reprieve. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't I don't know. I, that's I can't tell, because if it's something like that, then it means that that would suck for Spike. He never knows when this is coming. But then again, if it is like something actually happening in his head and it's not the first like and there is like a break because of his soul, then we're talking about something completely different. But I, I can't tell as a as a watcher. I don't know what which one's which. Yeah, that's a great point. You're good about bringing the magic part up often because I forget about all the supernatural stuff. Like you always got to bring up the monks and the alternate realities. That's great. <laughs> this this is great too. I mean, we we've already established we don't know a lot about the first right now, but we've established that Spike does see some kind of vision and that Buffy doesn't see it when he's seeing it. So there at any point, if we're in Buffy's point of view, he could be talking to a version of the first right next to him and I think that he kind of implies that a little bit in that scene too especially when he's like uh, it's what you wanted right when he's kind of looking into space it could be like what God wanted what the universe wanted but it also could be very literally he's seeing a vision of of someone else and in the alley he is like he is actually at one point like literally pointing at somebody yelling at at someone you know that he is seeing so yeah Yeah, I think in the alley for sure he's he's seeing a lot of shit going on Mm -hmm. So I, Which again, it's like I wonder if the if it, and so for me watching it, I'm like, okay, the first must be either like super in tune with the spirit or the soul, or again like insold him like that person works for the first, and so by like putting it's almost like a tracker on Spike, mm-hmm. right? Where shit goes bad because he knows what's going to happen between him and Buffy. It's like when that just like what we imagine with the Hoffren, right? He can like feel, he can sense, he can the force is tingling with Anya again, so he gets excited. I mean, maybe it's the same way with the first where it's like, oh shit, something's happening here. Get everybody get attack him. Attack him. You know, make him go crazy. <laughs> right. And then yeah. he'll uh maybe kill the slayer. I don't know. I, I have no idea what the fucking first wants. I, I forget all of this stuff, so who knows? Well we'll find out together because I don't remember shit either. So yeah. lastly I think it's just to be evil. Just yeah, I mean, evil. that is kind of their, I love their bag. It. The Classic. generic evil. I mean, they're the most generic evil of all evil, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they are, they are the first evil. Uh, last and most important, does Spike deserve forgiveness? Is he capable of redemption? Does the soul actually change anything, his past actions or his future potential? Stacia, tell me everything you think about where Spike has been and where he's going and what he deserves. 
I definitely wouldn't say at this point he deserves forgiveness. He hasn't done anything to earn it. Um, I don't know that the soul changes anything except for maybe the way Buffy would view him, although I think in this season she doesn't really change her view of him, regardless of the soul, which always frustrated me. Um, But I think the point of the soul with Spike wasn't that he needed a soul to be human. He needed the soul to prove that he was already human to Buffy, you know, because he went looking for her, unlike Angel, who's, like, cursed with it. Like, part of it was just the fact that he made the choice to do it. Yeah. I wanted to give you what you deserve. And I got it. They put the spark in me, and now all it does is burn. The fact that he wanted a soul was enough to prove that, you know, he's not just a, like, bloodthirsty monster or whatever, that Angelus would never have the capacity to want that. That's something that's thrust upon Angel and this Mm -hmm. is burden to bear or whatever. Um, So I think that Spike has the, like, capability to redeem himself. Um, He's not doing it yet, though. Fair enough. We haven't had enough time. He's not putting in the work (laughs) quite yet. Daniel, what do you think about Spike, past, present, and future? Yeah, I mean, same. I don't think that he's redeemed himself. I think him mentioning Angel was pretty electrifying as well. Like, that was mm-hmm. a great touch. Angel should have warned um, him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. I mean, I was really like, that gave me goosebumps. So I was like, that's pretty cool. And like that, but the way SMG killed it, of course, mm-hmm. bathed in light, beautiful. I mean, Jesus Christ. And just her reaction was enough. Where it's like, God, this stuff is so serious. And, you know, it's it's easy to make fun of. Even Angel, like, oh, he has a soul and he eats rats and he's a little rat boy and he hangs out with his little Irish rat friend and whatever. And it's like, rat yeah, that's boy. all fun and games and stuff. And he, the sun's coming up and whatever. But, like, this all serious shit. I think Spike, like, Spike doing it, like, retroactively makes Angel stuff better. And yeah. um, it's going to be fun to watch him deal with the soul. And, you know, Spike gets a whole other season on Angel, too, which is pretty cool. And I wonder what else, you know, I, I vaguely remember... A bit of that as well. And I'm like, okay, I'm sure that they talk about that too. And I think that's pretty fun post-Buffy. I'm sure they bring up the soul stuff at least once. Oh, twice, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's like a and special I remember the cup full of Mountain Dew. It happens. Yeah. There's like a whole thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's also a ghost for like the first four episodes he's in, which yeah. is pretty funny. And a puppet. And I mean, puppet. Angel the best episode puppet, so. of the it's whole The show. worst episode pretty of the stoked about that episode. A couple years from now, guys, get ready. The worst. Second only to the puppet show. No more mind games, Spike. No more mind games. No more mind. I want to tell you something about that scene. The scene. The last scene that was beautiful and excellent. One of the best of the show. Well written. Well directed. Well acted. Good stuff. So... In a 2017 interview with the AV Club, James Marsters was asked what his fondest memory of filming was. Quote, there was a scene between Buffy and me in a church, and I think I ended up draping myself over a cross. I was very, very sad. It was a very dramatic scene. Joss Whedon didn't direct it. He saw the footage and came up to me and he said, okay, James, I've got good news and bad news. What do you want? And I said, well, give me the bad news first. He said, okay, that scene was so important. Your whole career making... Oh, that scene that was so important, your whole career making scene... That sucks. It's horrible. You kind of overacted. It's not your fault. It was the direction. But it's just so on the nose. And it's just cringeworthy. Do you want the good news? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay, I'm going to rewrite it. I'm going to direct it. And I'm going to save this. It's going to be right. Don't worry. And then the AV Club was like, 
what are the changes that Joss made to the final scene that fixed it? James said, quote, he directed me to be less emotional, to be more distant, to be hiding both in shadows and in my feelings from Buffy rather than try to proclaim them to her. I think that that's how shame works. I think there's a lot of shame in this scene. And I think in, in general, we say that writing can be too much on the nose. And he has to explain what on the nose means, apparently, which is kind of a way of saying it's too direct. It's too literal. It's too obvious. And that can be a very subtle difference. The writing wasn't bad originally. It was just slightly too much on the nose and it needed to be just a little more opaque and get just that right tone. So yeah, those were the things he did, which is he rewrote the whole scene and he redirected it and everything. And I'm like, they got, he did because who knows what it looked yeah. like before. Um, and he's right. This is a fucking amazing scene. James Marsters crushed it. And I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar just had to stand there and do her epic silent cry face, which she is so good at. Uh, I mean, she had a couple of lines too, but yeah. He, James Marsters made a, in that interview with the AV Club, he talked about what a big deal it was to reshoot because he's like, we were already working like 18 hour days, which was, I'm pretty sure illegal. Like he's like, I'm pretty sure we weren't supposed to be doing that. And you know, you shoot eight 20 hour days for each episode. And he was like, we're coming back in. We're doing another fucking eight hours. We're reshooting this entire scene. Like, it was a big deal for him to do it. So he must have been really unhappy with it. So, like, I'm glad they put in the effort because I liked the scene now. Thank you for doing that, everyone. But I'm sure it was a pain in the ass. Um, yeah, I think that that you definitely the reserve thing matters. Sometimes you got to show and not tell. That's some of the best writing you can do is that you give so much by saying very little. And I think that even Spike, when he's like, to be the man that would never and then he stops himself and just says to be a man is like he's he's acknowledging the the attempted rape in that moment where he's like i had to do something to take away that thing that i did to turn myself into a person who could never do that to you because i did do that and i can't say i'm sorry because it doesn't matter that if i'm sorry or not i still fucking did that so maybe i can get this out of me by getting this soul into me <laughs> so i thought that was just fucking excellent great job everybody well even at the end like him like muttering about you know um forgive and love and he will be loved so mm -hmm. everything's right can it can i rest now I, I was like is this is this man like quoting the bible i had to look it up i was like yeah is right this, i mean it's all you know obviously biblically themed but no it's not like a, a verse or anything not like thing, that so yeah. i was like but it was like really really good <laughs> it was really good so i wonder <laughs> what i wonder what it was before yeah um and, you know, I always, like, nobody wants to be in on Joss's side, uh, but I, pr I believe him. <laughs> like, he probably did rewrite the shit out of it, um, mm. just based on what we kind of know about it. Um, although I don't want to believe it, of course. Not I mean, in 2022, but yes. You know, amends, we, will, we won't bring up amends, except I am right now, because he wrote that scene and it was trash. But... You know, every every writer on the show that's commented about the show, they're like the most the things that come up. People come up to me about my episodes that they're so stoked about their favorite lines, whatever. Joss is always the one that wrote them, even if it was my episode. And it's like, you know, whatever. Say what you want to say, but you hate to hear it. But that's good. Uh, a couple more questions. Not that we haven't been rambling on long enough, but uh, clearly this stuff is very important to me because I need to, tell, to say, oh, penis. See, honey, what I'm driving this towards here is sometimes don't you just wish Oh, penis. What a great line. Uh, does Anya have the right, ooh, maybe right's not the best word, but to still be mad at Xander slash blame him for her life sucking? I think that she does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Will you be elaborating? Um, I mean, I don't think you can say every choice that she's made since 
uh, Xander left her at the altar is Xander's fault. But I think that the fact that she became a vengeance demon is directly linked to the fact that Xander left her at the altar. I don't think she would have become a vengeance demon unless he had done that. And so to be mad at her for being a vengeance demon and then say, you can't blame me for that, I think that sucks. (laughs) Uh, I agree. Although, Daniel, I want to hear your opinion before I give a rejoinder. Mm. Uh, I just want to say that Bite Me Harris is iconic. <laughs> Bite Me Harris? The delivery. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, so good. Uh, no, I, I think that um, narratively, it's at some point, it's it, I, here's what I'll say. I hate that Xander has to be the one to say it, but like narratively, I'm glad that we're putting a kibosh on it as much as I want uh, Hell's Bells to continue forever, perpetually, <laughs> doing what they should have done in one episode over the course of an entire season or something. Mm. Um, I'm glad that like, ugh, I hate that Xander says it, but... I hope that the show follows through on that. Like, we're going to stop talking about this all the time because, I mean, Xander's the one that uses it all the time as well. So, oh, yeah. Like, can she be mad? Yeah. I mean, it's all because Xander is a coward and an asshole and we talked about it in Hell's Bells. Mm-hmm. So, yes, she's totally within her right. But at yeah. some point, we have to move on as a show. Yeah. And I wish it wasn't Xander that said it. I wish it was like Tara from the grave or something. <laughs> Conversations with dead Tara people. saving everything. Have Tara meet up with Anya to oh, tell yeah. her that. That's who Instead needs to see. Instead of seeing Willow. Willow. You know, that's what we, <laughs> that's the, that's the key info. No. Yes. Uh, I agree with Xander just on one little bitty point, And that is you can't use that as an excuse forever though I don't think she is but at some point you I hope you have enough agency to like move move on from that too and like not let that inform the rest of your life because don't let that guy have that power over you man like let's let's not do that but he, she's 100% right if she had not been left at the altar she would absolutely not be avenged demon and I think there's she's he, it's also his fault that she feels conflicted about it if it weren't for her and her life with if sorry if it weren't for him and her life with him her unresolved feelings for him I think she could clear conscience go back to killing it slay in the game all puns intended and just do her vengeance business but she's been changed by this dude and i think that that comes up mm-hmm. with that too every time she's like fuck nobody respects me anymore i can't do my goddamn job because i fell in love with you i mean it's not your fault i fell in love with you but fuck you man because you left me i changed my entire life and personality and everything about me for you and you fucking left me like fuck you xander and the fact that he was trying to be like yeah, I can relate to girlfriends constantly messing mm. up your life. I know, <laughs> I know. Dickhead. And ah. he's already like, I'm dating Nancy now, so I think we should just move on. <laughs> yeah, basically. Basically. Oh, this That's the only my... reason he could say that, because he felt confident that he was going to get Nancy oh, he n- her number, and he failed. And now he's uh, going to be like, fuck on you, man. Whatever. She was crazy, man. She was so crazy. Like, she's she's crazy. Demon, well, I mean, how long has it been since Hell's Bells? It hasn't been that long. Well, so the two different answers to the same amount of time. <laughs> hasn't been that well, long. I mean, I mean, six she... months is. It just depends. I mean, I don't know how long it's been. It was May, and if we're to believe that this. Oh, is... that we're just gonna go in in like that and that. Okay, five to what nine? So or April. Four yeah. months. Four months. Yeah. So four months is no time for a massive breakup where you get left at the altar, and her whole life has changed. She doesn't have. Not only does she not have Xander, she doesn't have any of her friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she's lost everyone. Do you think she wants to not be a vengeance demon, though? I mean, like, I think the the takeaway in the end, I don't think Xander can be the one that could tell her this, but, like, maybe it wasn't... I know you liked me and stuff, and, like, I'm a dickhead and I'm a loser, but, like, maybe being a human's cool. Maybe, like, date someone else. 
Yeah. Maybe, like, you don't need to just become a vengeance demon again. Maybe you can go and be a, a small business owner again. <laughs> why, why? You liked that. What's wrong with that, you know? Well, I I wonder if now that she's trapped, that she can't yeah. get out. Oh, totally. Yeah, she's terrified I mean, of what... Yeah. She's like, everything. you don't want to see Hoffer mad. Yeah. It's like, she made a split-second decision because Xander left her to become a vengeance demon, to go back to what was comfortable, to deal with her anger that way, and now she can't stop, and she doesn't want... Like, she's clearly doesn't have the lust for vengeance that she had before. She doesn't have her friends. Everyone's judging her, too. She was like, I always felt like you thought I was lesser because I used to be a demon, but now I'm a demon again, and it's obvious you don't respect me. Um, And then everyone's like, God, Anya, like, get over yourself. Mm. I mean, I would be so fucking mad. I would have left town and never come back. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think you got to... I mean, what a weird life. What a weird life. If Anya's whole story was real, like, you had possibly more than one, but at least one very long-lasting monogamous relationship a thousand years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have nothing but death and carnage and vengeance Mm. for a thousand of those years. And then Xander Harris. Xander fucking Harris. (laughs) just like how weird it destroys your entire fucking life (laughs) not just your human life but your demon life everything every part of your life who you were who you are ruined oh god girlfriend's the worst right god she's fucking ugh Anyway, speaking of the worst, just to get this out there, isn't Nancy kind of the worst Daniel? Did you find her sympathetic (laughs) or interesting or compelling in any way shape or form? As I said and Stacia will back me up on this multiple times I said just leave her just fucking. <laughs> yeah, and when she walked out, I know Xander. I know that you uh, think you're getting this girl's number, but like, you should have just let her go. Just let her go. <laughs> let her die. Who gives a shit? Is your girlfriend always this commanding? Who? Buffy? Oh no 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 no. See, uh, I mean she's she's a girl and and she's a friend, but 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 she's not my girlfriend. Xander. Little drool. Why was why was Nancy special? They've never put in know. this much effort to save any particular person before. Well, yeah, you brought that up though. We don't really have a lot of damsels on the show, and we and we don't. We did in the earlier seasons, right? It was like a kid every week was well, going through some shit. No, I mean barely. It would be like, oh, there's a girl, and she's gonna get killed by a vampire in the alley, and then Buffy stakes the vampire and walks away and leaves the girl yeah, there. It's not really like hang on. You're right. Yeah, yeah they yeah. don't hang out and become part of the Scooby Gang for the episode. Yeah, that's fair. It was weird and bad, and I hated it. Yeah. Well, has anybody ever become part of the gang? I mean, we have, like, Beating the Beast would be close. Like, we get to Oh, know yeah, we do hang the out person, with them, like, the whole episode. But yeah. she's not, like, part of the gang. You no. Know? Mm-hmm. She's just kind of also there. There. Yeah. Huh. But, like, Nancy was, like, there, there. Mm. Yeah, it was annoying. They, like, Fucking treated her annoying. like she knew immediately what was going on. Like, they were saying shit that I would not have said in front of, like, a muggle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Scene, totally. That first scene in, there, in yeah. Buffy's living room was bizarre. Again. Insane. Insane in the basement. But it's just like all of it felt weird and bad. Also, she hates her dog. Clearly mm-hmm. didn't give a shit that it died. Was pissed that she had it in the first place. She keeps calling the Scoobies freaks, even though they save her over and over. And she just fucking leaves when Ronnie gets sa- stabbed without saying a word. And that's the last time we see. We'll never see her again. The, the dude is impaled and she's like, bye. But no, doesn't even say bye. Just whoop, secrets out of the scene. And that's the end of Nancy. Thank God for everyone. Okay. Please, outside of drugs and violence and unwanted pregnancy and the unleashing of hordes of Armageddon that comes pouring out of the school's foundation every now and then, what trouble could these kids have? 
Do you I think gotta... that's the end of Ronnie too? Oh yeah. I know, right? I think I he, he lived. Died. I think he oh. lived to abuse you another woman. Lived. I think he did. I know, right? Why <laughs> yeah. do we care about this motherfucker? <laughs> Fuck. I wish right. Spike killed him. Let's reset and remind everyone that we are a real podcast, and you can find us everywhere at Beat Me Pod. You can, can't you? Well, how are you looking at me like that? <laughs> Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. We also have a website, beatmepod.wordpress.com, that contains notes about our show. You want to know about Nancy? Hey, maybe Daniel will put a bit, not this Nancy, Nancy the comic from 1938. <laughs> maybe Daniel will put something on there, a fun link to and my mom. Comic Go or Go Comic. And your mom. Let's get a nice Just bio of, of your resume. mom. <laughs> She's That's born me. on the same day as Madonna. They're the same age. Our, look, our fa- fun facts are already facts. coming in. Boom. Fantastic. BeatMePod.wordpress.com also contains a link to a Spotify playlist that we put together lovingly for you folks listening every week. What? It contains all the songs that are in the show by the Vampire Slayer, of which there were a few in this one. That, that little yeah. rock thing that I was like, is this, is this the Queens of the Strange awesome. song? What the fuck just happened? That was great. Awesome. Uh, it contains all those songs as well as any songs that we might use in our episodes here on this podcast. And you can find that on our website as mentioned but you could also just go straight to Spotify straight to the source and look for our playlist which is named uh, fun time playlist for podcast fans hyphen season 6 mm. wait beat me so close. Yeah, there you go. fun time playlist for podcast fans season 7 Dang. cut out the other one <laughs> nailed it <laughs> alright <laughs> see you there please and thank you it's time to yell Ugh. I'm starting us off with yelling uh, I'm sorry Run, little run, cosplayer girl. She was she was brisk jogging for her life. I she was probably wearing some ridiculous industrial German platform boots. I'm sure it was hard to run, but she was just brisk jogging, brisk jogging to get away. How fast would you get away? I would not run at all. I would die immediately. <laughs> for someone you who's just supposed to be like wait. super fit potential slayer running, she, the other the girl in Istanbul was booking it. She okay, was doing but that parkour. girl died immediately, and this one actually like threw a couple of punches. That's true. Station. What do you want to yell about? Um, okay, so I keep seeing this thing pop up on the internet recently, and I think we've mentioned it, where like past generations seem like they aged faster than we have, and it might just mm. be a perspective thing, but it's also like an aesthetics thing where you look back at like yearbook photos from like senior classes from like the seventies, and you're like, wow, they look like our parents still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Xander is it, it has <laughs> aged like previous Ooh, generations. The widening. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not even just the widening. It's just something about him just says, like, I am a really old guy. (laughs) I know. The way the light was in the the living room, I thought, like, his hair was all gray on the side. Like, what is going on? Well, I was just thinking, you know, he looks really old, but he's probably our age. And then I was like, even if he was our age, he still looks really old. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know that I would look at him today, like, if I saw him today like that. And I would be like, we're the same age. I'd be like, he's at least 10 years older than me. Yeah. Fun fact about uh, old people, the oh. you probably you might have heard the station, but I the actors wait. on Friends are now <gasps> officially did. all older than the Golden Girls were in season one. Then the youngest actress the youngest of Golden, Golden Girls, Girls from the first season. Whoa. Yeah, oh. I did. I did see that. Yeah, oh, no. real life. Hmm. I thought about telling you. They're still <laughs> just in the nineties. It's 1999. Just, they just celebrated you New Year's 1999. Oh, man. <laughs> Do they play Prince? No, because they're dumb and couldn't afford it, I guess. <laughs> they probably could not afford it. Yeah. Um, we didn't really talk about Robin Wood's scene uh, very much, except for, you know, the 
the hitting the soles of the feet. Um, uh, that was a fun scene. It's I think like the, the tension again with Spike. We talked a lot about just what could happen, and I liked Robin in this one too. He was just like, uh, you know, is there something I should know about you? Mm. Like we still just don't know what he knows, and I think that's a fun little bit of tension because it's fun to have a little workplace comedy stuff. Everyone's hanging out and. You know, they just got to get these knuckleheads uh, out of the principal's office, right? But then it's like, who else are you? Why are you here? Good stuff. Yeah, my next thing was going to be about that scene as well, because he says, <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, it's a whatever Turkish prison torture device. And he's like, I think you'll fit in great here. I'm like, why? Because you're all weirdos that know the things about obscure weapons? Yeah, what torture the fuck children. That yeah. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean, man? When we get to Buffy as a personality, I'll let you know, Kelly. Okay, uh, great. I'll, I'll fill you in. Great. Uh, oh, the score, man. It is refreshing to not have to be like, God damn you, Thomas Winker, all you do is ruin everything. I can't remember the dude's name, uh, so bad on me, and I didn't look it up again. But uh, holy shit, the music during the Willow and Giles scene, perfect, beautiful. And the music coming in at the exact right moment at the ending scene with the cross, where it just like builds when Buffy realizes like she knows he has a soul, and it's just like, Excellent. And it doesn't sound like anything that's ever been on the show before, either of those two pieces. So I'm just loving this composer. I am so glad Thomas Wenker is gone. It elevates the show so much for me. Hey, I said what I said. Fight me. (laughs) Fight me, Thomas Wenker. (laughs) One of these days, he's going to hunt you down. I fucking hope he does. If that guy came and knocked on our door and be like, hey, heard you've been talking shit about all the work I did. (laughs) I'd be like, you're goddamn right, dude. You with your <laughs> fucking horns? Come on. I love Defend those horns. That. I love those horns. You couldn't land a moment if some, I don't know, plane. A analogy. moment landed in your face. Perfect. <laughs> you couldn't land a moment if it was the Hindenburg. Wow. Because it was going down That's unstoppably. <laughs> Is that right? Did I do it again? I like, I I like the idea that Stacia teams up with Thomas Wanker when he comes to the door. <laughs> And then I, you say you can't land anything, and Stacia says, "How about this punch?" And then, boom, deep. <laughs> <right straight. laughs> Thomas Did Wanger, that land? <laughs> reach out to me, and we can make abuse my wife together. <laughs> yes, no, we can make arrangements for you to wake her up playing that horn sound yeah, right next to her ear. <laughs> bring the horns. Bring the horns before we, we fight. The end scene was so bizarre after Ronnie gets stabbed, Buffy grabs this dirty manky blanket literally out of a trash can because they're in a trash alley (laughs) and drapes it over his naked, bleeding, injured body. And then she's like, hello, 911, I have a naked, (laughs) injured man and I've covered him with garbage. Was that the right thing to do? Let me rub this bacteria into your open wound. Is that better? Is that what you're supposed Um, to do? I'm hanging up immediately and then I'm leaving the scene. (laughs) (laughs) Hope that was enough information. Bye. Please stay on the line it sounds like there's another man there having a mental episode <laughs> we lost him we've lost him it's like look for the guy with the bleach blonde hair freaking out you'll find us oh he just ran away <laughs> he's gone too he's no one can help us now <laughs> just oh the art the alley with a whole bunch of garbage in it but don't worry Xander and Anya show up they'll fix it oh, God. And they're it's holding fine. her cell phone that's right uh yeah Daniel not great. Um, I just want to shout out, like, it's so weird. Uh, you know, Nancy, I assume, is like a new person in town. So she gets a little pass where she's just like, oh, the cops, I don't know. We, do we call them? And then it's like, oh, weird things happen in this town, but no one talks about it. Shouldn't we call the police or something? And tell them. 
But then you go to places like the bronze and it's like two mm. demons are fighting each other. And like the calm, <laughs> the cool, collected no nature. Out. Yeah, exactly. And then when it's like, oh, I got to go chase down Nancy. And then Spike's like, well, I guess I'll go too. And everyone's like, cool. Then we'll just start back up the party. It's fine. Yeah. This was I mean, normal. It's been a couple years since reason... this happened, but... The only reason the DJ stopped is because they had to play that uh, the the rock fight song. Otherwise, they would have kept bumping the music too. Which yeah, I mean, they a- were ready to go though. Like they they were they've been ready this whole time. They're like, dude, when it's going, get that fucking Ramon song or whatever, <laughs> get it fucking ready. And when she's about to throw that punch, man, fight boom, song time. drop the yeah. beat. Like, let's go. <laughs> They're ready. Yeah, that was the DJ the whole time. I was giving credit to the the uh, show, Absolutely. but I think yeah, the DJ had it on lock. Whoever that is. Yeah, whoever that was, Lone DJ. Yeah, it was hard to figure out what, when in time she was, like how long she had been here. Because, yeah, those those lines and everyone's just so cool with everybody being demons. <laughs> We're all so damaged. We're so progressive. <laughs> that, that's the takeaway. We're progressive. Demon <laughs> rights. We're incredibly tolerant. Demons are people, too. Uh, I would like to Wait, fire. Demons eat people, too? Demons can be people, too, maybe. <laughs> uh, and they also eat people. Is there good food in Sunnydale? Um, I got to sh- fire a shot at Angel. It took that man <laughs> wow. the better part of 100 years <laughs> to want to help a single person. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, I mean, actually, with his rat friend. Come on. <laughs> it took Spike a week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a day. <laughs> like, just, That's wow, the difference. Wow. But, is there, but is there even an argument? I mean, this show is pro Spike. I mean, like. Angel is a, I mean, he, he arguably is like a worse person. Um, although, again, we wouldn't know that because we just know Angel as a more calm, cool, and collected guy. But, like, it's true. I mean, we've talked about this a lot, though. Like, Angel sucks. That dude sucks. Is this thing that I always forget that's really weird to think about is I, it's like you know that Angel was like this homeless, crazy person for most of his vampire <laughs> life, uh-huh. just eating rats in alleys. Um, but then you think that he had become of his own accord, his own person. But in flashbacks, you realize that, no, he was a homeless, crazy, rat-eating person until what's-his-name-came-to-get-him to watch over Buffy. Right. He was literally homeless the day before, and now he's like, I'm in love with a 15-year-old. So I, we could now bring up the counterpoint that maybe it's not even Spike. Maybe it's Buffy. No one woman should have all that power. Maybe it's not them at all. Like, if Spike did not have Buffy to make him a better person immediately, maybe he would also go through 100 years of being a fucking rat eating slob uh, maybe he probably would still just that, be with your still he might be um also never forget angel in the 40s was a normal fucking person he like was a normal ish considering he's a vampire with a soul person and then that flashback yeah there will the room with a view that whole episode and then no, he just are like, you now or have you ever been oh that's what it is yeah yeah my bad yeah uh room with the view is when cordelia gets her poltergeist i don't know i said that anyway and then he, like, I'm sure that episode explains it, but I don't remember. And then he reverts. Like, that's almost Whatever. worse. Like, you were a normal fucking dude, but also never helped anyone. That's the thing. He was living his life selfishly for himself, never helping anyone. Spike, I'm here to help. I'm here to help, here Buffy. To help. Please let me help. I mean, Buffy uh, was the, Immediately the killed key. a human. Whoops. Yeah, immediately impaled a dude with a fucking <laughs> And he was instantly regretful. Yes. Instantly. Yes, he was. Made him have a real bad time. Uh, Stacia, I believe it's your turn. I believe I'm out of everything. Oh, okay. Daniel. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just want to shout out the, the final scene again. Uh, the light on Sarah Michelle Geller is fucking beautiful. Like, mm. if that was what Joss did, fucking amazing. Her mm. crying, 
absolutely iconic. I took like 40 photos of her face because I was like, eh, this is going to be the best cry face. Oh, no, that's the best oh, cry that face. One. Oh, no, that, uh, that I got one. two tears. We got two tears. Oh, we got a, two tears going down the cheek at the same time. Which one's the best one? Who knows? Um, I will say that in 2022, another like to jump into TV today, it's like I wonder um, for some things that would be different here. Number one, I think that most shows fear total darkness. And I don't think we would go as dark. Like, I mean, Spike is literally almost completely gone in that scene at moments when he walks on the the sides of the church. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool because a lot of shows just, I mean, that I watch, I mean, I'm sure that they do Mm -hmm. love the dark. The dark is cool, whatever. But I will say that the scene where he gets on the cross, I think would be so much more viscerally powerful, physically powerful today than it was then. Because, Mm. you know, like it it was a great scene. It looked really cool, but you could 100% tell it's just a steam machine that's just pumping. Coming out of the cross and not from him at all. Yeah. Where I want it coming off of his back. You know, I would want like his whole body to be steaming. Mm-hmm. And you could you could do that with CG today that make it would make it look great. But the CG in this was fucking atrocious, and it was mo- <laughs> mainly mainly fucking camera fucking shaking to try mm-hmm. to sell whatever earthquake. Went through. Yeah, the stupid worm <laughs> thing, awful. So the CG was terrible, and it's like okay, I'm glad you didn't try to fake steam. Although I think it was fake steam, actually. I know I at, at points I was like, is that real? Tell. I think it I think it was real because it probably would have been much cheaper to make it real at the time. Because you, like I you said, you just put a fucking so. smoke machine in front of the cross. We're done. I think so. I think so. But I, I just couldn't tell. But anyways, that, that would be like so much more viscerally powerful. But emotionally, it was great. It was like perfect the way it was. So, um, so in the bronze, when we're accosting Anya, before Spike actually fights Anya, he grabs her. He like, they're just talking and then he goes up and grabs her. And I was like, what the fuck was that and it seemed to be just to get to the line of, so they could get in their little digs about like whatever i'm already over our like five seconds of passion or whatever it was not only was it bonkers that he just grabbed her out of nowhere because we were just having a fucking conversation no one is escalating this why did you just run up and grab her but also i think it's bullshit to cheapen that scene that was totally inauthentic they needed that moment they dealt with it and they had a great little minute afterwards where spike just kind of like nods and we this was something that we we needed we dealt with it and we moved on i think it's totally unfair to renege and pretend like it was something they're both regretful of and or ashamed of that was total bullshit and i hated that moment I think they could have had jives with one another outside of, yeah, trying to pull on her. I thought that was weird, too. It's yeah. like, I mean, it's just a weird thing. Like, you you're so, you are like a master manipulator in a way, too. Like, you guys are all really good with using your words. And I feel like you guys didn't really try too hard until you were, like, yanking her, which is weird. Mm. I don't yeah. I don't know. That was strange. Bizarre. But strange dialogue choices. Again. We just had to, we just had to do it. Uh, yeah, Daniel, so. Oh, uh, I was gonna, I, I thought Don would be way more of an MVP. I thought she was kind of an MVP, obviously, in this episode. Standing up to Spike was really cool. But you do sleep. If you hurt my sister at all, touch her, you're going to wake up on fire. She makes mm-hmm. fun of Buffy um, for having dreams. I thought that was really great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I heard screaming. That was you. There was a girl. That would be me. Uh, no, it was just a dream. She tells Buffy that she has no business, or what what did I say? Telling Buffy she has no business telling anyone of their relationship, I thought was really great, too. Um, Tells Buffy and Xander. You guys really need to ease up with the whole dating demons thing. She does get a little roasted after that, but I thought she was great. And then obviously standing up to Spike was, was great, especially because we've had Dawn, you know, 
before this being like, where's Spike? Where's my best yeah. friend Spike? And then I was yeah. like, oh, I hate you, Spike. I'll fucking burn you. It's <laughs> so, cool. awesome. <laughs> so, so cool. Awesome. So awesome. Um, One last thing that I already forgot. Oh, yeah. I did have like a really disturbing image of a tiny pig with no spine after she was like, he's, he's a pig. It's a spineless pig. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, me too. Ugh. It's like a beanie baby. Um. <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh, how much more praise can we heap on that final scene at least a little bit more i will say i also got they got a good moment of creep factor uh, it stuck in my mind the commentary from last episode how joss was like we rarely do the horror thing when buffy grabs that steak or that you know makeshift steak um when he's he's like i dreamt of killing you and she's like I'm going to kill this motherfucker. I'm about to have to kill Spike. I thought that was really cool because, yeah, he's in total darkness and he's like, I thought I dreamt of killing you. And she's like, all right, now's the moment. And who's going to kill you one day? Fucking get this sticks out. I thought that was like a little tiny bit of creep before this like huge dramatic thing. Excellent. Good job, scene. Okay, Daniel, what do you get? Uh, callbacks galore in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the smoochathon, as I said, the, 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 the roast upon Don from Buffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's talking all the way, right? Is the episode. Correct, yes. yes. Halloween episode from last season. Uh, kids uh, will eat you alive. Have you heard of Principal Flutie? Speaking mm-hmm. of pigs, um, the pack. You're goddamn right. Uh, stupid uh, Sunnydale residents. You know, you hear things in town, and I just said every episode. Every episode. <laughs> these people. Um, shout out to the police, Sunnydale PD. Fucking oh, stupid no. as shit. Don't call no, the police no. for what? I mean, I love that. So funny. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Xander. Um, Anya to Spike hands out the merchandise. You don't get to go there again. Obviously, we uh, did that before. And, and again, most importantly, Spike and attempted, Mr. Attempted Rape. I mean, yeah. blow, blows me away that that was yeah, the episode. Yeah, Great stuff. Good stuff. And obviously, even you know Willow's entire scene is talking about all the things we did with the murder. Try to be very specific. What exactly are you afraid of? Well, for starters, how about the Hellmouth's getting all rumbly again? And now I know it's got teeth. And are those literal teeth? Because I don't know if I can handle it. And what if I can handle it? Does that mean I have to be a bigger, badder badass than the source of all badness? And what if I give up all this control stuff and I go all veiny and homicidal again and what if they won't take you back mm-hmm. um was it the Ramones what, what was that song that played oh my God, during um gonna... oh did you did you not write it down no I did not oh, damn it Kelly because I believe that it was the Ramones playing when Xander was talking to there is Ramones song yeah so I think um, they're playing when they're talking it is I believe, yeah, so Joey Ramone, stop thinking about it. There's also mm, the Vaughn, okay. ba- Robert Duncan is the composer, thank God. Uh, there's a song called Gus Gus by, or a band named Gus Gus with a song okay. called David. Uh, and the Vaughn Bondies, it came from Japan. I want to say it's the Vaughn okay. Bondies, but I can't. Okay. But the Ramones are, confirm. one of the Ramones are in there. Okay, I, I didn't know if that was like an allusion to like 70s New York and like Nicky Wood and like oh, God, all that. So I thought that was pretty fun. Um, the last thing I had, you already kind of went over, but I did look up the, the, the boot, the bat and the bastinata a little bit more. You oh, did nice. already say that it was the, the foot, you know, foot torture. Mm-hmm. Um, she says Turkish prisons. Um, apparently it's mainly used in the Middle East today but it was something that was pretty widespread all across the world. Um, Europe, it dates to the beginning of 1537, but in like China, it was 19, uh, 960 AD. So like Jesus. it's been around for a long time. The Nazis used it in the concentration camps. Um, Saddam Hussein 
um, a, a big bastard. He he loved this shit. So apparently he used the shit out of it um, during his reign. And interesting enough, the United States, not really widespread, but there were reports up into the 1960s, the end of the 60s, uh, being used in Massachusetts, which oh. might be one of the ways that, I don't know, Wood would come across this saying. Maybe maybe he, you know, he's, you know, old enough right. where he might have even encountered it in like a school or something like that. So, I mean, on the East Coast, who knows? I thought Whoa. that was pretty interesting. I mean, the takeaway is that Robin Wood wants to be kids. That's all we need to know. It's a cool line. It's I feel a like cool the takeaway is that Boston Auto would be a pretty cool band name. That is a great cool band, band name. It's right. got to be a band. Damn. I, okay. Honestly, the boot, the bat, and the bastinata, that's a great band name altogether. I didn't actually even look up a picture of it. Is it just like a fucking stick? It look, I mean, from the pictures that I saw, it was just a fucking stick. Foot whipping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like a cane. It's like yeah. a bamboo cane almost. But they like tie you up, which is so weird. And like your Ugh. foot is all the only thing, you know, just beat your foot. Yeah. Fucking weird. It doesn't actually look like good material to make a billy club out of. Although she did say with if it's made with a certain wood, you can make the a billy right club wood. out of it. And I would say you could make a billy club out of any wood you wanted to. <laughs> it doesn't have to have been a bastinado first. And we're going to take care of this. It's your lucky night. Considering, you know, your dog just got all laid up and stuff. Hey, can I freshen up your tea? No. Daniel. Please update us on the watches. I could definitely do that. Xander construction outfit watch. No. No. That's it. Maroon jacket watch <laughs> slash Anya belt alert. Anya was just wearing a nice dress. I couldn't yeah, tell if there was a, um, a belt. A belt. And a no. weird collar. I'll mention the collar, but I won't mention a belt because I didn't see it. No. Tawn's piercing screams. That's a no. And I feel like the show is trolling us because Buffy gets in a good scream uh, right in front of Dawn. And then Spike gets in a big scream before we cut <laughs> To Dawn saying, could you die? Um, <laughs> so I feel like the show knows what it's doing, and I love them for it. Oh, so a point Should, on that. I don't know if you, either of you picked this up, but they used that same weird fake scream voice for Sarah Michelle Gellar as they did in Hush. And oh. I hate that super high-pitched weird fake scream that they make for her. I don't know why they do that. She can yell! Do you think she wants to, though? She's probably like, my no. voice is too. Yeah, maybe. I got other know. things to do. This my is stunt work. This is, is classified over, as stunt so. work. I can't do this. Chips Ahoy, yes. I mean, Chips Ahoy all the time here. Um, you know, the last scene he says he's out of his head. Um, Buffy mm. saying, you know, everything about you is wrong. Um, those are more circumstantial. Uh, Don straight up says that it's the chip, and then obviously Spike realizes that he has a soul with a chip. Um, although, again, as a, as a viewer, I'm still confused on the logistics of what's happening. So I do hope at some point we get that all cleared up. But we'll see. Me too. We'll see. The littlest bad. Do we even fight vampires anymore? <laughs> no, but we do have sp- Spike with his vamp face, so that's pretty cool. I Does forgot Buff- we did that. I'm so glad we added that. Oh, it's yeah, great. I know. It's fun. Duh, Buffy has a personality. I said, yes, she is a petty tyrant, but we already kind of know this. Uh, she wants to give people detention first thing. Yes. That's the first thing she asked. Oh, but Willow did that, too. When she had to take over Jenny Calendar's mm, class in so season two, our- she was like, can I give people detention? Yeah, so that was another callback. But she does it with a smile on her face. I don't think Buffy did. So um, a nice callback, another great callback. Um, She also knows what a bassinata is, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. So that tracks. Uh, She is, um, I said she's shocked by Don insinuating that every emotional revelation is on Buffy's terms when uh, this has been true since Don was born one and a half years ago. (laughs) and she also brings, uh, casually brings large knives into the bronze to threaten a former 
I assume a former friend at this yeah. point. You don't do that to friends. I will say that. God, when she said that When's at the, the table, I was like, time. this is ridiculous. What are we doing? What is this intimidation <laughs> tactic? I don't know what we're doing. It's You're the an fucking enormous slayer. knife. An enormous yeah. knife. And it's in the bronze. It's a small a public sword. Place. I just. What are we doing? Uh, De Hoffer and Watch, no. Um, he's not pleased with her work by uh, mm-hmm. Anya's own admission. But I think that he would be proud of Anya trying to turn her performance around. I also want to believe that he wrote the code of conduct and he's just happy someone's reading it. So that's that's my that's my takeaway. Uh, Sunnydale cell phones. Um, I forgot what yeah. I named it. I think I, I just wrote Sunnydale cell phones. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Sorry. The most. Um, and what is it? The. Weapon Most valuable something. weapon. Most valuable weapon. The Sunnydale cell phone. Yeah. Clutch cell phone right at the fucking end uh, to save Ronnie's life. Another fucking mistake. <laughs> the Slayer. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire. I messed up her name. Michael Wicca Amy Gothwatch. Yes. Goth. Goth Slayer from Frankfurt, Germany. She died right away. This was the oh, first yeah, yeah. watch done immediately. We love to see it. There's too many damn kids in the Summer's house. Not yet, but Nancy is cluttering up this fucking show. That's for sure. Yeah. And the house by, you know. In fact, we have the opposite. We had to point out the fact that the gang's all here, and it's Buffy and Xander and Dawn. (laughs) That's a good point. There's actually less people, and Nancy doesn't help regardless, no matter what. Um, By the way, is Willow okay? And I said, you know, no. Uh, She's nervous. (laughs) She's nervous, and Giles saying that her friends may want her, uh, may not want her, but need her, I think is fair, but, like, Mm -hmm. is not very comforting. And, again, this is where you would – and this is part of the KO. You can't really divorce the two at this point, but I would say that, like, you would call Buffy or Xander to gauge – their reaction to Willow coming back, but <laughs> England doesn't one. have phones. That's so right. we're in this weird bind <laughs> where the show continues to confirm that England has no telephones. <laughs> and it has to be true. I mean, I, I, it has to be real. Sorry. It has to How be How did they summon that cab? Do you think they had to do a spell to get the Dude, cab there because they couldn't call yeah. one? <laughs> probably. No, the horse probably ran down to grab the cabbie. <laughs> oh, and yeah. Back. Otto! That wasn't, <laughs> the, no, what, who was it? It was the witch lady from the coven, remember? Oh, Harkness. Miss Harkness. Yeah. Oh, Miss Horseness. Yeah. No, Miss Horseness. Oh, my God. <laughs> How did you forget? Shit. That's probably the taxi oh, silly my. British people. She could be the taxi driver. I mean, it's uh, you know countryside out there. It's hard to make, get money. You gotta do. You gotta so work. Horse she might have just driver. Horse the cab driving. She horse. might have felt it. She just knew. She knew it was time for Willow to go. And also, like Giles implies too that like you got to get out of here. They're fucking tired oh, yeah. of your shit. And so it's like she's already waiting there. So Giles probably when he grabbed the umbrella, that was a sign to honk. And it's like, all right, let's get this going. Get this bitch off Bring this the violent. car around. <laughs> Uh, uh, books a million? No, uh, I didn't see a book. No. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so. Uh, streets ahead, yeah, fucking uh, two right. two instances of a street. Number one, Xander, Dawn, and Anya driving to school. We all of a sudden, for some reason, pan out of the shot to see the car driving along this four lane, two lanes on each side road in a like relatively populated place, a, hmm. a road we've never seen before. Why are there people? Where are they going? What are they doing? There's only one block with four businesses in this town. That's right. What's happening? So it's very weird. And then finally, uh, outside of Maple Court, right, we're assuming right off of it, we got third and Fairview on the corner, which is deep in the alleyway. 
but we understand yeah. what on the corner We're on the, on the corner, third in Fairview, <laughs> yep. we're blocks back in an alley, <laughs> but on the corner. Way back. Way back. And, and, they're and, never going to find Ronnie. Confirmed Ronnie died. <laughs> and, and because died from we, a massive infection. <laughs> exactly. And because fucking she can swing down from stuff, it's like we're in the part of Sunnydale where it's like, close-knit buildings that are four stories high the, the mm-hmm. only section of town that has that and of course that's like where ronnie's hurt and you can't get back there you know they'll never find oh, him my God. and then Incredible. finally giles biggest ko yes as i said before weak ass advice um england's weather is the same as portland's weather where we are mm-hmm. not me currently but you know we're all from portland um and he's rocking the umbrella so i'm just gonna ding him for being british that's all. Oh, I'm just going to ding him. Yep. I don't ding him enough for just being British, and that must kind of suck. So <laughs> that's the KO. Oh, that's the KO for Do Giles. they have phones there yet? Like Do they have years phones? Later? I mean, we were there, and we did not see a phone. It's true. Oh, they have those telephone booths, though. Maybe they you do. have to just walk out and- and you like make a reservation with the town, like you can use it like Tuesday afternoons. Yeah, there's a checklist outside you, each booth, yeah. or like a not checklist, but you know what I mean. Yeah, sign up. You're for like you register for like six oh seven. Yeah, or it's a checklist to get your horse, so then you can take the horse to where you need to go get the car. Yeah, so you can use the phone. So you can use oh, the phone. Oh, England. You got to go to France to use the phone. Come on. Uh, okay. Thank you so much for that update. Wow. I feel like You're I learn welcome. every time. The little is bad. It's so cute. I'm glad we did that. Me too. Wow. Yeah. It only t- Again, another thing that only took us seven years to do. <laughs> it's, fine. it's all good. All good. Okay. Let us rank this sucker. Finally. Willow hack slash we talk about the net. Uh, Willow was not in this episode except for that one zine. No magic, no technology, no nothing. Five. Uh, excuse me. She had taxi technology. Uh, that was Miss Horseness. I think we established. <laughs> she did nothing to summon that beast. Uh, <laughs> Dawn needs an adult. Uh, I don't think so, man. She's Command Central, and she threatened to burn Spike alive. <laughs> Though she is stoked to have Buffy at school with her all day, which makes me slightly worried for her, because that does not seem like normal sister I, stuff. Behavior. I think it would be. She'd be like, "Don't acknowledge me unless I'm going to be imminently murdered oh, by a enough. demon." Well, I guess yeah. I mean, your sister is a superhero. Her so... safety blanket. Okay, fair enough. And already embarrassed her. She needs to get some like boundary set. Yes. You know. Uh, I gave her an eight because she's all grown up now. Apparently, Giles level of Giles. Uh, I gave him a seven because he's charming and fatherly. He's Giles, but he's also he's barely Giles. in the episode. He gets a seven for doing what he did. And deeply British, which is plus on the Giles factor. And deeply British. Uh, Monster of the week. I said that the CG was actually okay. I'm oh. speaking about the monster specifically. The asphalt shit was terrible, and I'm only mm. thinking of when he's the the worm is still the worm right before he turns into Ronnie is actually looks really good there's mm. like lighting like mm-hmm. they like try to pay attention to where the light came from and it, yes. it looked okay but that was the Agreed. only only part uh he also didn't kill anyone save rocky rip uh <sighs> and uh he, he did cause a fuck ton of property damage you got to give him that Sunnydale might never be the same uh we know we don't have any police we probably don't have any maintenance or municipal social, workers now yes municipal workers yeah no 5 5 for Ronnie the worm man Relationship goodness or badness. Uh, the new nuclear family Scooby Gang seems to be doing well. Xander, Buffy, and Don getting along better than ever. Uh, Xander and Anya are talking again, maybe on the road to recovery. Uh, and Spike and Buffy seem totally fine. Everything's great. They're 
better than ever. Yeah, <laughs> Spike is smoldering on the cross. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Five. Episodes. Having a normal one. <laughs> yeah, another normal episode for Spike. Episode specific, you sleep, right? You hurt my sister? Touch her? You're going to wake up on fire. But really... Episode specific is Buffy running on the rooftops and swinging through the alley because oh. that image is going to stick with me forever. I'll absolutely forget it. But wow, what a great thing to just rewind. 10 second skip was invented for this. Wow, that just happened. Wow, that just happened. Wow, that just happened. <laughs> Fucking incredible. Uh, five out of 10. So a total of 35. Pretty low. I did not let the last scene sway me on this. I could have just done his whole little ending thing and been like, that was really good. No, fuck that. I didn't like this episode except for that last part. So, 2-2 two two for the season. Behind the one other episode. Lessons. Wow. Stacia, please tell me where you ranked this episode. Um, I ranked this 70 out of 124. Okay. I think a little more kind than I was. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, it's below Checkpoint and Surprise and above The Prom and Bargaining, bargaining Part 2. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That sounds pretty good, actually. Not that you need... My approval. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, what did you write for the plot? On your curses, man to be tremor worm. Spike is crazy but trying. Quote unquote, Nancy the worst. Yes. Spike hugs across. Yes, all, all valid. Oh, graboid is what they call the tremor monsters in tremor. That's why I put graboid, not a graboid. Oh, yeah, I didn't. But if you write I the word graboid, you will absolutely that. not know what that is. No. Oh, they didn't say that. I said that in my plot. You were like graboid. No. Do they say that in the movie Tremors? They do. I don't remember that. Yeah, That was important for everyone to know. Daniel, <laughs> tell me how you ranked this episode. I loved aspects of this episode. I loved more aspects than I hated aspects. I hated Ronnie the Worm. I love that Anya did it. I love the bronze <laughs> fight, but then Buffy had to run on some fucking goddamn fucking <laughs> buildings. <laughs> and it was fucking embarrassing. And as I already mentioned with Better Call Saul, with Ignacio, he just jumps once. And it was great. Yeah. One good ass jump. And Buffy's just running on a rooftop. It doesn't work. <laughs> You're not Mission Impossible. And I hate it when they do that in those movies, too. So fuck yeah. it. Hated it. She deserved to die. I wrote that multiple times, and I just needed to say it here. She deserves to die. <laughs> that might be mean, but she deserves to die. She does not belong on in a rooftop. this world. <laughs> Ronnie is an abuser. But her words, I mean, I don't really trust her. Oh, you're talking uh, about Ronnie Nancy. I was like, fucked. I thought you were still talking about Buffy. I was like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Buffy intense, allowed. man. Buffy's allowed to live. She's fine. Oh, okay. just for running on the roof. She's like, yeah, it's like <laughs> Jesus, that'd be, man. That'd be too much. No, no, Nancy. Nancy deserves to die. Yes, okay. Um. Anyways, uh, season seven is going to be brutal like that. I, I can't stand it. However, I will say I'm going to shock the world here because I, I'm doing the opposite of what you guys are doing. I am going to rank this really high. Not not in like a top 10 way, although it could have been if it wasn't for fucking Nancy, honestly. But I'm going to bank on this episode being really vital to a lot of the plots going forward. And the fact that like, like we talked about with the attempted rape and like the way that they're talking about it, I just hope that a lot of these threads keep going. I don't know if they will. I doubt they will. You said conversation with dead people is like episode seven. That bodes well, yeah. at least for like a really good top heavy half. Um, then like this could all very thematically resonate, which I'm, I'm excited for. I'm going to go because I only have so many numbers left. I'm going to go with number 22 out of 140. Damn. 144. I forget. You yeah, do 137. 137. Shit. 137. 
Uh, so number 22 out of 137. Um, the cross scene, that scene is doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. But uh, it's tough because my, I have four, five, six, and ten open. Oh, so so what's going to go in there, guys? So that's I can't where believe at. you have so much of the top ten left. I know that's oh, I mean that's sort of inevitable right but yeah. then I have like nothing at the bottom so everything's just gonna be like 45 54 55 <laughs> 58 60 so uh, I mean I guess get... you just like had your bets you leave them open for selfless and conversation with dead people and storyteller and then chosen I, I that's kind of hope. right oh uh, well and I didn't leave it open I kind of left it open for this episode with him on the cross because mm. I was hoping it was good and I do think it was good. So anyways, that's my uh, 22 out of 137. I don't know if I fully believe that, but I do think that ending is like, ooh, it really yeah. stuck mm. it. Stuck it was it. good it was stuff good. for yeah. sure. Okay, great. Well, we made it. We made it through beneath you. We are rolling. Season 7, it's happening before our very eyes. Uh, before we move on to the rest of Season 7, Sasha, do you have anything else to say about beneath you? I don't. <laughs> Stacia, did you watch the episode Beneath You? <laughs> <laughs> don't. Don't think I did. Daniel, do you have anything else to say about this episode Beneath You? No, never again. Okay, great. Well, then we will talk about same time, same place mm. next time. What are we going to talk place? about? Same time, same place, time and place next time. Right? What? The episode's called Same Time, Same Place. Oh, you were not you were not trolling me. I thought you were trolling me. Okay, yes. And we'll next do episode this is called same time, same, time, same, same place. place. We'll same do we'll do that bit again. Yes, and we will do this same time, same place. We gotta stop saying it until the then, Stacia. Stacia, say goodbye. Next time, next place. Daniel, say goodbye. I'm just a guy with a podcast to the microphone, and even I can feel it. Audio's coming. I don't know how exactly, but somebody's editing, and it's so big, ugly, and damned, it makes us and buffering look like little bitty <gasps> puzzle pieces. I mean, if I'm wrong, say so. Lovely. No hard I feelings. cannot believe you named that show that shall not be named. Oh, fucking <laughs> Wow. Hey, we're number well. two. We're number two. We can we shout out the We're number two. We're number two. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. So everything's okay, right? Can we rest now? Buffy. Can we rest?